Or no, sell your socks, sweaty socks. On Patreon? Yeah. Make it almost like a... I have so many sweaty socks. I know. My sweats are, my socks are sweaty now. My sweats are socking now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious though. You sign up for the premium membership and you get socks mailed to you monthly. You guys heard it from <laughs> Shanae Alexander. You guys, I'm on Patreon. And if you want my smelly socks or just bonus episodes that are pretty funny. Either um, or. Either or. Check it out. <laughs> Patreon.com slash burning in hell. <laughs> Welcome to Burning um, I did like legitimate research on this woman. I've actually I've creeped on her before she met me. Hmm. She's one of those like I call you one of the OG Instagram blogger chicks. Hmm. Who, who I th- I see. I think I'm new. It means I am a literal like I'm a baby. I'm a, what's it? What's it when you're baby. in? What's you're the, a fetus? Fetus. That was where I was looking mm-hmm. for. We. This is a long day of podcasts. Okay, we did one podcast. Before <laughs> we, this. we each did one, and we're like, oh my god, life is so hard. But I like looked at your resume, and you really blow me away. So you might have heard of her in Woman's Health, Glamour, Refinery Twenty Nine. She's an entrepreneur, a lifestyle personality, writer, speaker, and wellness expert, based in Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn. Her message is to empower people to be better through positive thinking, active change, self-love, with a lot of laughing and curse words along the fucking way. That's why she's my bitch. That's why she's <laughs> on this fucking podcast. Janae Alexander. Hello. Thank I'm you so for glad coming. To be here. I just want is it Chanae or Shanae? Shanae. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's prettier. I was every, hoping it wasn't Chanae. Every Uber driver, when I get in, mm-hmm. they go, China E. I'm like, that. who that's would like name their child attack. that? Yeah. It's bad. My name's hard. Then it's you should fine. try to pronounce their name back at them and make it them feel bad. It would not go well. It would be super <laughs> racist. Not going to do it. <laughs> so I pulled this from your website. Yes. But I just think it's fascinating. You are so many things. And if when someone asks, what do you do? What do you say? Well, now I'm. I tell people I'm a social entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So creating different streams of businesses mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. So online shit. Multiple sources of revenue. We have to. We have to diversify, what, bitch. Especially women. Like, yeah. that's how you make wealth. Yep, yep. And we're growing our own wealth. And, and that's pretty amazing. It, it's amazing. And My favorite thing is that most of the people I've dated up until this point, mm-hmm. in the last couple years, like, I make more money than them. And I love it. I was recently listening a Girls Gotta Eat podcast. They had Andrew Schultz on, who's a great comedian. And he was like, it's tough for guys nowadays because, you know, women have their own jobs. They have their own apartments. Like, we, they don't need us for anything. We just got to bring that good dick. Exactly. And, and that's, that's hard for need. a lot of people. And that's hard for a lot of dudes. <laughs> people don't talk about the amount of bad dick out there. Actually, they do all the time. That's yeah, we do all the time. I also, I was fascinated by you because... I've creepily been watching your career and I've seen you change with the world around you. So like you had a blog, right? Yep. Like yep. you full on were writing because that's what people remember. Everyone was like obsessed with like the full outfits out today. It was like, why l- read Cosmopolitan when I could look at this girl who's more like me and more relatable and more honest? Um, can you kind of explain how you've changed your strategies in making money as yeah. an entrepreneur? Because time's a changing. Time's a changing. Um, so I actually had a blog when no one had blogs, really. It was called the Be Better blog. It was forever ago. 
it was before I ever thought I would do social media. I am very accidentally a social media person. Which I love. I love an accidental success. Yeah, you know, and here's the thing. I think that's why. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I've been like moderately successful at doing it because I never planned on it and I didn't give a shit about becoming famous. Mm. And I'm not famous. Let's Mm -hmm. use that real lightly. Well, everyone's a little famous nowadays. Everyone has influence. I always say that, whether it's 30 people or... Three million. I love that. Um, but I had this blog, and I was just writing it basically at my desk of my day job. What was your Being day job? A, I was marketing director, and mm-hmm. I was like, got to have a creative outlet. So I was writing this advice blog called the Be Better Blog, and I was talking about you know five ways to like attract a guy to bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how to revamp your wardrobe. Why I was do you think advice. you had the like? Uh, why do you think you could give advice? Like, what did you experience in your life that you felt you can help people? I'm like severely an empath and like lean toward that. So I like, I feel like I bump up against people and I like collect their energy, collect their thoughts. Yep. And I'm like, tell me more about that. Tell me. And that, and that's why I do what I do now. But I'm mm-hmm. like trying to pick up any sort of experience off a person mm-hmm. when I meet them. And so for me, it wasn't my own advice. It was the advice you've of collected over everyone the years. I've met talking to them like, well, well, what do you think you could have done differently you, what did you are learn? a very natural leader what's your sign I'm a Virgo I love how you like weren't happy about that <laughs> no no it's, I'm a Virgo because nobody fucking likes Virgos everyone I, thinks I don't like Virgos Virgo are men. the worst I don't like Virgo men I've never dated a Virgo man. don't they're terrible uh, I mean I but I'm totally also a Leo that. so I bump heads with them mm. but I like Virgo women Okay, interesting. Because I think you guys are strong. Yeah, we're like strong, really organized, yeah. perfectionist, but can be kind of like buttholey and type A, yeah. which is the bad rap that we always get. But I kind holy. of like girls who are buttholey. Here's the thing. We will never, you will never worry about trusting us. Yeah. We're loyal. And Leos are very loyal yep. too. I want to go, I want to do the whole thing where they like do your whole Your whole chart thing. and stuff. You should do that on your podcast. I should have someone do my chart. Maybe I'll put that on a Patreon episode, you guys. Ooh. Why haven't you signed should up we, yet? Should we go do it? Should we do it together and put it <gasps> yes. on a Patreon? Yes. We should do that. Because, yeah. Are you going to start so a Patreon fun. or no? Um, I think they're great, but I'm, I feel like I have 10 things to like electronic I things. Know. I can't. I know. Okay. Virgo. Sagittarius rising Capricorn moon. Don't know what that means. Sagittarius Capricorn moon. Okay. I actually don't know what it means either. So we should this probably, is productive. You know what? <laughs> hey, tune into the Patreon if you want to know more. You want to know what we really <laughs> think. Because we're just pretending we don't know what it means right now. We'll but, go more in depth. But yeah. So it was. it's crazy because I was writing that blog. Yeah. And... I had no intention of anyone finding it. I was writing it completely I love that you're also director of marketing. So you're like, okay, guys, go do your work. And you're like, how like, to be a I'm better like, Yeah, I'm like, here's five tips to attract guys at a bar. Um, and it was more... Sarah, go answer your email, bitch. <laughs> I honestly was so terrified of someone from my work finding it. Not because I'd get in trouble. Were you anonymous? Just embarrassed. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it wasn't a totally anonymous, but it was just like harder to find people. Yes. Then. Yeah. Now you just Google and there's like, oh, there's your wiki feed. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I just found my wiki feed. Are the you other on? Day. I'm okay. like, a, I think someone rated me like a three and a half. Also, my birthday's wrong. So my sign is wrong on it. Well, it's, you have athlete feet. So yeah, I have wide set not, feet. Ooh, you have a wide flat foot. I don't have a flat foot. Ooh, you got a good arch. I have a good arch, which Fuck. means I'm fast, but it's still wide. Mm. I think I have plantar fasciitis. I don't know. I have a foot pain. We're getting old. Yeah. That's what happens everyone. at 30. <laughs> your body just starts you to break. You get plantar fasciitis. You're like, wow, I got a foot thing from walking. <laughs> That's great. I I hurt my foot walking. The <laughs> other day, I literally slipped off a two-inch curb, and I got a, the worst cramp in my calf, and I was like... 
I was like, oh my God, I think I might have like sprained my muscle. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm 28 and I kind of like sneezed too hard the other day and almost threw out my back. So that's fun. <laughs> we're, we're in a good time. I'm wild in the bedroom, I swear. No, She's there's freaky. like a certain sleep, like a certain sex position that I do that every time the next day my back is killing me. What is it? It's like, okay, it's actually a great sex move. So you, you're like on your side. Okay, and, and you're asleep. Then you're asleep. <laughs> and then you wake up in the morning, you're like, why does my back hurt? And I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're on your side. And then he's like behind you like doggy, not cuddling. He's like right behind you. Oh. And then you like kind of cross over your leg. So, and, so he can kind of see your face. So you're in this like twist while he's in you. So you're getting it's like a yoga ama- move. It's an am- yes, yes, it's the yoga move. It's amazing. Plus, my when lower you put back your, can't handle it. Plus, when you put your thighs together, you have like double vagina power. Do you know that? Yes, it's <laughs> like you have seven Layers. labias. <laughs> I love a seven labia bitch. Yes. Ooh, you bring the labia like, in. I'm or, or, kind of against the like, the whole like anti-labia movement, like labioplasty. And oh stuff. yeah, or vaginal rejuvenation. What they tickle like a laser up your vagina and they like scoop it out. It's so fucked up. It's like. Let's make women insecure about something that literally always makes men feel good. Yeah. And no man has ever been like, it was great, but like her labia ruined it for me. And I don't think guys think about it as much as we think. Do you remember like in junior high, in high school, when you started to think about that stuff and you're Mm -hmm. like, does mine look normal? Mm -hmm. Why is mine a little brown? Mm -hmm. Why is mine a little, well, this, oh, Mm -hmm. hers doesn't look like that. We Mm -hmm. already are like, undercover insecure about it yeah. and then this industry just because like, we don't like how many vaginas have you seen in your life besides first, besides porn how many of normal girls vaginas have you seen in your life not that many but my first one was at fantasy Skateland when i was <laughs> in third grade and i also had my first kiss that day um, it was a huge day, but I, <laughs> there was bathrooms and they were skate in, skate out uh-huh. and the stalls faced each other. They didn't have doors. Cause they, I think they were afraid of kids yeah. like freaking hitting other kids in the face. So you, <laughs> I just sat down in the toilet and then this lady sat across from me and she had the most hairy, big vagina. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I had a third grade vagina. Mine was yeah. little. Yeah. I was like, also it might've been in back in that day. You know what? Little. And I think it I was like it's just always like, in for moms. If you're yeah. a mom, like it's fucking weird. If Don't. you're a mom and getting your butthole waxed, like. <laughs> What are you doing? But I Talk was just... Talk to your kids. <laughs> hang out with your children. Why don't you? I'm kidding. Do whatever you want with your body hair. But anyway, I looked across and I saw it and I was like, is that what mine's going to look like? Mm-hmm. And then I went home and I talked to my mom about it. And I she love said, that. she was like, she was like, yeah. Also, if you ever feel like weird about your vagina... Everything we get is genetic, so there had to be someone before you that had a vagina like I yours. I thought you were going to go say, go find your mom and <laughs> ask her to see her <laughs> vagina. Sure, go be that. I also, I liked when vaginas are compared to flowers. Yeah. And that just like, they're totally different ways that, of a, and we just don't talk about it. And then society loves to be like, oh, let's make them insecure about it. So they totally. feel like they have to change themselves. And also that society is not straight men. No. Like, the people who decide what you should be comfortable about a lot of time is, like, I don't... It's, like, fashion. Like, it's not straight men who are deciding these things. So it's women who are, like, oh, we're insecure about this. Let's make money off of fixing it sometimes. Um, and I think that a lot of straight men are turned on by, like, girls with more labia or, like, girls with... Totally. A di- like, it's, like, there's... No guy has ever been... Has never 
been like, this is how I feel about labias. That's yeah. the last fucking thing dudes have on their mind. I don't even think they know where the labia is. I don't really know what know a labia where, is. They don't know where the clitoris is often. <laughs> so I would also hesitate that they would know where the labia is in general. I always say like, you have a boyfriend. Yes. Who is so adorable, by the, the way. the sweetest pie. I live vicariously through you. He's when you the best. take a photo of him, I'm like, through your eyes. What would it be like to have a boyfriend? But boyfriends seem like a lot of effort. Like you have to respond to them all the time. You have to walk them. You have to like, <laughs> like make sure they get enough sleep. You have to teach them where the clitoris is. It's exhausting. It truly is. But where do you find the time? It's, it's well worth it for the right one, but it takes a while to get there. So speaking of getting there, so you're doing your blog and you're a marketing director. How old are you at the time? I was probably at this time about 24. Okay. Yeah. And so I was in this like transitional point in my life where I was like, what am I doing? And yeah, 24 is when a lot of people like your friends on Facebook would be when Facebook was a thing or like in- <laughs> when Facebook was a thing. I think it's still a thing, just not for people I that think live it here. Is. I don't know. Though. <laughs> I did have a tweet, though. It's like, imagine meeting your soulmate and they post Insta story. If they post stories Facebook on Facebook stories. Yeah, like, stop it. Just no, st- no, people it. really do do that. Yeah, I think it's an accident. I think it's like linked or something, because if you deliberately do that, it's it's disturbing to That's me. Horrifying. But yeah, people would at 25 was when all my friends were like, taking a year off to go to Singapore or like I'm in Thailand or like I'm in Africa doing whatever work. Everyone became a yoga instructor. Everyone was like, wait, I don't want to do corporate America. Totally. (laughs) But then they didn't know what to do. And then they're now working at some startup that has like (laughs) a a group kitchen. I don't know. They're creative Um, director. (laughs) Yeah. They're they're a creative analyst. (laughs) Whatever that means. Um, No. So I kind of got, that's like the first brush I had with like giving advice and then I had a couple of posts on like medium that I was writing on too that kind of blew up. And I was like, this is interesting. I was giving like relationship advice after mm. like a breakup and the, the couple of things kind of blew up and got traction. And I was like, huh, people were relating to you. Yeah. And I was, I just kind of put it in the back of my head because then the only reason I have an Instagram account that's of any worth is that I was actually going for a job interview at a fitness social media position. Um, at ClassPass. I don't know if you guys ever heard ClassPass, mm-hmm. but I was interviewing for a position um, just as kind of like a, I was like, I haven't been on an interview in eight years. I should do it. So I interviewed and I started my Instagram account, a fitness Instagram account for the interview. And they were like, wow. you have 300 followers. We don't care about you. You don't have any experience. I'm like, yeah. I hear you. Did you work out? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd been on a little fitness journey. So I okay, was like so you 225 like just pretending pounds. pretending you worked out. No, no, no. I, had, I was like 225 pounds and I lost 70 pounds. So wow. I actually had in my what own time frame? Two and a half years. But I was doing that like offline. Like I wasn't sharing my fitness journey. So when I started that Instagram account, I was like in a pretty great place with my health and, mm-hmm. and what have you. But I just basically did it to show them I had an interest in social media and fitness. And that was not enough for them. I love so, how someone else's loss, like, yeah. like your failure to them was a success for you. What's funny is that I actually did a call with them a like maybe a year or two ago and they were like, we'd love to work with you. And she was like, she's like, are you familiar with, with us? And I said, I actually interviewed for your job and well, like your position, not not her job in particular. And she would like, I just felt on the phone. Like, you know, when you can feel the blood draining out of someone's body, (laughs) she was like, okay. Um, and so I'm very, very happy for failures in my life. And so, um, I, that's another failure. I didn't get that job interview. 
I didn't get the job. I didn't even get an in-person interview, but then that Instagram account started naturally kind of growing. So you continued it. You weren't like, ugh, this didn't work. Because I was finding community. I was actually finding, like, I was in a weird transitional stage with, like, friendships, and I think we've all been there Mm -hmm. in our mid-20s. You go through this stage of, like, who are my real friends? Who are the people that I actually connect with? Rather than, okay, I relate to the... 2007 version of this person and they relate to the 2007 mm-hmm. or after version college of me. all these people that were like so part of your life if you move back to your hometown you move to a different city you're like oh how strong was that because I haven't talked to any of them right. in three years it's, it's like your friendships that are based out of situational means mm-hmm. kind of melt away and yeah. you really have to start going who do I like actually get energy from who do I want to spend my time with and so I was going through that but I was finding community online in those 300 people, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm talking to 300 people every day and they're talking back to me. It wasn't about becoming famous or getting followers because so they didn't give a shit about Isn't it. Isn't it crazy how like that number 300 sticks in your brain and how important that was? Where now like you probably like lose 300 or gain 300 all the time. Right. <laughs> and you don't think twice about it. Right. But the, 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 the amazing thing to me was, you know, at the time, to- uh, now I think 300 doesn't sound like that much. Yeah. But at the time you're like, 300 people yeah, like I that, talk to every day. They, that would barely, f- they couldn't fit in this office. No. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. And the thing is, is I always remember whenever I start to think like, you know, any time that my brain, and I really try not to go there with my brain about followers or numbers or anything like I, I think back to that moment and I go, I was so happy with 300 people in my community. Yeah. And like going back to that thought of like, the numbers have nothing to do with finding community you can find community with five people you can do it 300 or you can do it with a million Mm -hmm. I don't have a million followers (laughs) on Instagram nor would I want it it's way too much pressure for me but do you really think it would be too much pressure yeah oh my god especially because I'm so casual I Mm -hmm. like told how I like farted for the first time in front of my boyfriend and things like that I'm like I don't need a million I also do think there is something to be said about like when you have a million it means like whatever you're doing is so massly accepted that it almost like yeah it can't be as niche yeah and you can't be as like I don't think I don't care how chill or how like I don't give a fuck you are yeah you're gonna start curating how you behave yeah more it's like Miley Cyrus like she's like I don't give a shit but I'm like she's curated the consistent I don't give a shit in a very manufactured perfect way oh yeah I'm like (laughs) well that's you not giving a shit like what are you when you like (laughs) tighten up so basically like through that process of doing Instagram stuff then I found myself posting about fitness mostly Mm -hmm. and then it moved to more of like a lifestyle account where I was actually starting to give like a lot of personal storytelling and advice on I remember Instagram I liked your I'm trying to remember when I saw your I liked your page because you have a very unique look to you Mm. I think that like there's a lot of bloggers that look similar. Uh, did you see that photo of all the girls in like the hats and oh, the yeah. fall scene? I was like, oh. It was like the last thing a pumpkin spice latte <laughs> sees before it dies, and it's like all these girls in the same outfit. I just remember you having a very like I liked how you did your makeup, like your hair was like edgy, mm-hmm. and like you always you had you were like fitness, but you weren't annoying about it. You weren't like oh, I just did 400 miles. No, I'm like um, I'm fucking exhausted, and I don't feel like working out. But like like you had an aspirational part of you, but also a relatable part of you, which was cool. I was never an athlete like you. You know, I never, I never had that part. I was in show choir. You know, I was like <laughs> not doing like like fitness or athletics, and so for me, that was like the first time that I ever actually saw myself as like. Oh, I'm, 
I'm like an athlete in yeah. a different way. And, yeah. and then I'm like, how many people are out there that are like me? who were not like you and yeah. played, you know, sports. The word athlete, it's so interesting. Like, for example, right now I'm dealing with people like, are you a comedian or are you a comedian? And I'm like, well, I, it's almost like maybe I'm a comedic entrepreneur. Like, yeah. I do comedy in many different forms. It's not, like, traditional. And the same with, like, if someone said, are you an athlete? I'm like, well, I was. Like, I, comp- I don't know what you have to do to say you're an athlete, but I think people who wake up every morning and go work out or people who just love, like, going out and playing tennis at a public court, like, you're, you're using your body. Like, yeah. Like, you're it's an athlete. It's just, it just depends on how you define it. And if that makes it. you feel good to be like, I'm a fucking athlete yeah. today, you are an athlete. Sometimes you have to have that mindset. It's like, you know, I think it's all what you tell yourself. And so mm-hmm. for me, I was like, well, if I show up looking, I'm a size like 8, 10, mm-hmm. I'm a medium, mm-hmm. I'm very average. Mm-hmm. And if I show up and say, I have determination, I have motivation, I'm an athlete too, I can be... Um, you know, I can eat a slice of pizza and drink a bourbon on the rocks and I can also like yes, work bitch. out. And, and what really helped me get through that hump too, of believing that was Adidas actually made me a brand ambassador for them. Um, there's only like, I think there's now like 15 in the world. So that's huge. I just want to magnify. I've also, I've seen you on like hair campaigns before. Yeah. Hair, I've, like beauty. you've, but Adidas is like they picked like a handful of women in the whole world. And Adidas, I always looked up to because it's like one of the top tennis brands. Right. And I remember they picked you and I was like, damn, this girl is crushing it. How did that happen? So we went out to an event in LA. Mm-hmm. They had invited us out and I called my mom the second I got the email inviting me to LA. And I was like, mom, it was the first time in my like social media career that anyone had ever invited me to go to anything that they would like How many followers me. did you have at that point? I don't, I think it was maybe 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mom, someone wants to fly me somewhere to go to an event. Like I'm going to an event and someone's like paying for my ticket mm-hmm. and they're like putting me in a hotel. And I remember just being so excited and I never want to get jaded about that, yeah. you know? And so I went out and what I didn't know that the event was kind of like a tryout in okay. a weird way. Like they were just trying to get to know us and mm-hmm. see who would be a good fit. How many girls were there? Probably 25. Mm-hmm. And they're from all over the world, and um, they whittled it down to, I think, six of us, you know, that oh. after they offered contracts What kind of stuff to. did you do? So we did all these workouts, and then we did some, like, photo shoots, but then we had, like, a cocktail party. Mm-hmm. We, like, got to know each other. We had all these, like, little activities. But I remember going home, back to the ho- my home, hotels, <laughs> which, dark. Um, <laughs> I remember going back to the hotel that first night, and I had, we had worked out all day, and they decked us out with gear, and... And I remember going back to my hotel and I was just like crying. And I was so, I was so insecure and I had always been kind of like confident in my body. Yeah. But I was like, I remember being in my hotel room just being like, all these girls have six packs. They're all so beautiful. They all are like, some of them are like literally professional athletes. Some of them are models. Some of them are most of them are fitness instructors. Most of them are like super fit. And I was like, I'm the like average person. And I felt so bad about myself in that moment. And I'm like, why the hell am I here? Why did they want me? Maybe it was a mistake. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't really want me to be here. Mm -hmm. And they never made me feel that way, but it was my own insecurity talking. And what was crazy is that a couple weeks later, when I found out that they offered me a contract, I was like, I was meant to be there. 
I was meant to be there. I was chosen. I was handpicked to be there. And I think it taught me a huge lesson about sometimes other people or a brand or, but, but mostly people, people can really choose you when you can't choose yourself. You know, and in that moment, I couldn't choose myself. I couldn't say that I was like worthy but of being there. You still put yourself out totally. there. Totally. Like, I as will long always as you try. Because if you were just like, I don't deserve this, I don't want to do this, and you, you called your mom and said, I want to go home, people couldn't have chose you. So you still put yourself out there. What do you think they were looking for of the girls they sent out? I think they were looking for people that really had a point of view and people that were more than just a body. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a modeling competition. It mm-hmm. was about who's talking about things that matter. And they have been such a support of me over the years. I've, I'm now I just started my fourth year wow. on contract with them. And, you know, not, yeah, of course it's fun to be in campaigns where your face is on a billboard and doing all that stuff. But I think more importantly to me, every year when we have our discussion of like moving forward or whatever, they're like, we want you to have a point of view. We want you to say what you think is important. We, we trust you. We trust you with our brand. We trust you moving forward. So I never worry that I'll be off message for them because mm-hmm. they said you are on message. How has for your me. message evolved over the four years? We are evolving humans. Mm-hmm. What we care about changes, our opinions mature. I think I've been in the last four years, just been through like heartaches, career changes, like had more money, had less money, all these things. And so I think it's not that my, my opinions or anything has really changed. It's that they've like grown deeper. Mm -hmm. You know, I've gone deeper into things and I've pushed myself to talk about things on my platform that I wouldn't talk about before. So like, instead of just talking about working out, it's about talking about where motivation comes from. Mm. What happens when you feel shit about your body? What happens when, you know, you aren't good a day and you yeah. suck? And what does that look like in the grand scheme of your life? And so for me, it was really a deepening of the message rather than changing of it. That's a really great answer. And I'm going to give you another kind of general question. Why do you think you originally gained the weight? You know what? I wish I had, this is the funny thing. I wish I had this like sob story about like being depressed or, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't wish depression on anybody, Mm -hmm. but honestly, I was having a lot of fun. I had an extremely wild growing up. Mm -hmm. I grew up on the Mexican border. I was 16. I grew up in like the low fat family, (laughs) like 90s low fat family, like snack wells and shit. Yeah. So my mom, like our house was like, I never got those. You know what? Oh my God. Those, I still get like a little boner from like seeing these little, you know, the little mini chip bags that came in the box. Yes. There was like 15 and of them in there. All different kinds. Got Fritos. You got yep. Cheetos. You got Ruffles. Yep. yep. The, the like But Fritos. most of it's air, but like it's there. Yeah. There's four chips. <laughs> They're actually like a diet food. I think they just didn't tell you that. So always the Fritos would be left and I loved Fritos. So I would always be like, Yes, I'd go to my friends' houses and be like, can I get some of those chips? Because my mom never had them. But I grew up in this mentality of like fattening food or junk food is really bad. Yeah. And so when I turned 16, I was like, fuck, I want, I have a car now. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And so I was partying a lot. I was drinking and I, I mean partying by drinking. I was drinking a lot. I was She's smoking like cigs. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing a lot of things. And it's crazy on the Mexican border. I also just discovered like fourth meal. 
fourth meal was a huge thing for me, which was that meal what that happens that? at 2, 3 a.m. Oh, and, like, people love, like, talking about it. Like, it's the greatest thing ever. Like, late night eating, late night pizza. Oh, like, yeah. When it's really, like, you're not, you're kind of hungry, but, like, you're a normal hungry if you woke up in the middle of the night. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, you usually would just go back to bed. Just go back. Like, it's not, you're also, like, full of liquid. Yeah. From the whole night. Like, you don't need it, but it's, like, a, a camaraderie It's also, thing. like, you don't want to stop hanging out. Like, in New York, <laughs> I didn't grow up in New York, so New York, 4 a.m. Oh, it's dangerous. 4 a.m. is, like, pizza? insane. Like, Dollar pizza's lit at 4 a.m. Also, I'm so old because I'm, like, who could stay up till 4 a.m.? <laughs> I used to be that person, but, like, I can't even. I've blocked it out of my memory because, yeah. like, I'm, like, nothing good happened. It probably happens. never I, stayed in your memory the first it, time. <laughs> no, it, like, I, I remember being disappointed when bars would close at 4 how? How did I survive my, my like youth? I don't know. But when I was younger and I was partying in high school and college mm-hmm. and when I was gaining weight, I loved that 2 a.m. meal with yeah. my friends. I would, it was like, I want to prolong the fun. Yeah. I want to keep hanging out. It sounds like you liked the little highs. Totally. And like this, this, I love being with people. Mm-hmm. I'm an extrovert. And so also I think if you're restricted your whole life with eating, you tend to binge out when you when you uh, my mom who's a nutritionist and did a lot of research on that stuff she um had she always had chocolates out mm-hmm. like we always when you walk in I don't know if it's like an Italian thing but there's a little bowl of chocolates and because they were there I just was numb to them like exactly. candy never did anything to me but my friends would come over and be like oh my god is that chocolate and I'm like yeah so they would eat all the chocolate yep. and like lose their damn mind she, they're like my mom never lets me have chocolate so like my mom would just kind of when I wanted fast food she'd be like okay but yeah. she never put anything on a pedestal and that did help me with my eating, I think. Totally. Like, not demonizing food as good or bad. Yeah, it's and like, not, and also not forcing, like, oh, you have to finish that, or why mm-hmm. didn't you finish that? And kind of letting people be able to read their own habits. Yeah. Because I think to this day, now that you're older, like, my best advice to people is, like, be in tune with your body, stop when you're full. And yeah. that's really hard sometimes, especially, like, I emotionally eat, and, like, <laughs> but if you're really... One of the best joys in life. So, my only joy in life. <laughs> but, yeah, so you're having a good time. Yeah, I was giving, having a good time. When you crave something, you're eating it. Yeah, and also, here's the thing. Um, I never felt any social pressure because I grew up on the Mexican border. Like, I grew up, like, primarily in a Mexican culture. Mm-hmm. And so... Are you Mexican? No, I'm not. But no. I was, like, I w- I'm half Korean, half um, English, Irish. So 23 and me tells me. But, um, <laughs> you know... I grew up around people that didn't have a lot of stigma around weight. Like that culture just doesn't have a stigma You're so right. uh, around weight. Or they even like love women with curves. Yeah, like, yeah it, it was just never a thing. I mean like... South America is all about curves. Totally. And so I never got shamed for that. I never found I mean like any, Selena, wasn't she like... I mean my queen. 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 She, she was dropped at gorgeous and... Had a big booty. Had a, a huge beautiful booty. I mean it was Jennifer Lopez and she's still... Yep. Still showing that booty on hustlers, but it's true. If you, good. oh my god, her body's insane. But if you grow up thinking that, like, beauty is um, socially constructed. Yeah, That's totally. It. So I grew up in a, a space that I never felt like I always dated, mm-hmm. and this is even through college, which is interesting because my She's college. Like I always was have like, boys wrapped around my yeah. finger. Well, the thing is, it's like you know where they say like if you are confident and you like yourself, people will be attracted to you no yep. matter what. And I don't know that I knew that, that that was like what was happening, but I always had friends. I was always like included. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have trouble dating or any of that. And so weight 
I never associated my weight or my body as a negative thing. Mm. And so I actually had really great body image at 225 pounds. I was Mm -hmm. like, shit, I love myself. The only reason I started losing weight was because my friend and I made like a little bet at Mm -hmm. this party and we were like, we should try to like eat healthy and like get healthier. And we both were like, okay, let's do it. But it was for me about challenging myself to do something Mm -hmm. it wasn't about because I hated my body and that's why I think I was successful it was a growth thing like you were like challenging yourself to be a better person and I just wanted to learn and it sounds like it wasn't that like much about aesthetics no it was not at all about aesthetics I was like I don't know if I'm gonna like I'm not trying to lose weight I'm just trying to try something new and the the thing that was the most shitty but like I needed to learn it was when I got down to my smallest, mm-hmm. which was like probably 15 pounds lighter than I am now, I was the most unhappy with my body that I've ever been in my entire life. That's crazy because uh, I've, I've heard that before. Yeah, and it's, 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 I think you start, I started wrapping my, my self-worth around other people, other people's opinions of me mm-hmm. rather than the opinion of myself. And mm-hmm. what was crazy is I would go to parties or go to social shit and I would walk into a room and if nobody said, wow, you look amazing or, oh my God, you look so great or you've lost weight. It's almost like you felt like they owed it to you because you'd work so hard. And I was getting these like the only, that was starting to base all of my self-worth on mm-hmm. those comments, mm-hmm. on showing up and other people telling me that I was good mm-hmm. rather than knowing I was good. Wow. And so I became so progress focused. I became obsessed with like, okay, well, I need to look more fit. I need to look smaller. I need to And that's the antithesis to happiness, which is like living in the moment and being content and always thinking about the future is what anxiety is. Totally. And I was, I was the most anxious about my body. I was so in my own head about it. And I was like, this has got to stop. So I let myself live. I let myself live. I remember going to a dinner party and I saw a girl bring a Tupperware of meal prepped food. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I never want to be that way. Mm-hmm. I never want to let these sorts of things and like having overly disciplined thoughts about my body, like make me not enjoy my life. And let's be honest, it's never really about your body. No. It's about con- trying to control anything. Yeah. And because you feel lost or out of control and it's, you're never going to get control. It's when you just accept, I'm I'm getting so like philosophical, but you accept we're leaves. It's very fall oriented. We're dressed like fall. We're literally leaves just in the wind. And when you stop fighting it, you actually might go somewhere where you're meant to be. And I will tell you that like gaining back like 15 pounds, that was like sanity weight. Mm -hmm. It was not about how many pounds it was. I don't weigh myself anyway, Mm -hmm. but it was that that kind of gap between control and having a life that is like managed but not overly managed I just it it was such a game changer for me and so the funny thing is is a lot of people ask me like how do I lose weight Mm -hmm. what what made you lose weight what what was your motivation all these things and I'm like look Here's the thing. You got to realize in life, whether it be getting the boyfriend that you want, mm-hmm. getting to the you know number on the scale that you want, mm-hmm. getting the job you want, at the end of the day, you have to be okay with, you might get to your goal and be fucking unhappy. And the thing I, is, is yeah. if you will, if you do not enjoy the process of getting there, if it, it doesn't come out of a place of joy, then it's not worth doing. I also would argue that sometimes when you get to that place, you've been the hardest on yourself. Because I've realized that my happiness is when 
I'm setting goals and I'm making lists and I'm chasing my dreams, but I'm being really nice to myself. So it's like, I'll go and do a stand-up set, doesn't go that well, and I'm like, I'm proud of you for doing it. Good for you. And then it's the moment's over. Honestly. I don't like torture myself for three weeks. Like, why didn't you practice harder? It's really just how you deal with yourself. And sometimes when you're your skinniest or when you're your prettiest and everything's all perfect, it's because you're you're driving yourself insane with being perfect. And yeah. we're both type A, so we can go there. Oh yeah. We could I could go there in a second and be a psychopath. But uh, what do you think is the hardest thing for you to let go of? Like, what's the thing that, like, you beat yourself up about the most? So I recently talked to someone who was really um, empathic, and she was like, what's your pattern? And I was like, I just met this woman, and I'm like, I don't know what you mean. like, is this a sex thing? (laughs) (laughs) That's where our brains go. But I was like, I, I thought about it, and I think my pattern is that I think to be loved, I have to have accomplishments Mm. so like growing up winning tennis tournaments was where I would receive my best um my most love from people around me which like is kind of normal but like I just didn't feel it unconditionally and I think to this day I'm so hungry because I love being like well I did this I'm doing this I'm making this and someone will love me yeah so I have to get to that point of letting go of trying to impress people with but like I'm a very driven person. I don't want to ever change yeah. that, but get to the point where it's like, this person's going to love me regardless of anything that I have on my resume. Right. Yeah. It's really hard. And the thing is, is like the act of doing things and making progress isn't bad. Yeah. It's but why. it's kind of like you, where if you keep getting positive reactions, when you get skinnier, you're like, you keep doing it, but then you realize like, no, 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 this isn't this isn't like a real thing that's happening and right. I would like win stuff and people would treat me differently and then I'm like oh no this is some societal bullshit it's not love yeah it's not me loving myself was I ha- tennis I was miserable the whole time because I was always on this chase for the next win and I, I never felt good enough but what I, do read, th- I read this really interesting article the other day I so I'm gonna be a bad person because I don't know where it was and I don't know who wrote it it's okay but you skimmed it it's fine I was reading it on behalf of like my friends who have kids it's, and this is along the line of, like, the action doesn't have to change, but the the way we see it has to change. And so it was talking about women going to work when they have kids. Mm, and feeling guilty. Yeah. And so it was – but it was how you tell your kids that you're going to work. And, you know, most moms probably say, Mommy has to go to work now, but I'll be back. Like, I can't wait to see you, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about just changing the word. Mommy gets to go to work now. And I, it got me thinking of, like, it's not the going to work that's the, that's the thing that will harm your child. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the positioning of what that means. And so you're reinfor- it's like the difference of reinforcing your kid, like, ugh, I have to do this thing. It's, it's like a societal construct that I'm having to com- comply with, and I'd rather be here with you, mm-hmm. rather than saying, I want to thrive and have my own life, and I love you too. Mm-hmm. And having both things be able to live together. And so it got me thinking, not, not I don't making have kids. the kid feel guilty, like they're no. stuck in between. No, and, and also it makes them say, oh, when I grow up, like, I get to do these things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that, it's that, it's that, pre-association of like work being a bad thing or having a, a, a path other than motherhood is a bad thing. And so it really got me thinking about 
how I position things to myself even mm-hmm. of like changing the wordings rather than I have to do these things. The it's rhetoric like, of something can change yeah. everything. And I want to start changing how I verbalize things of not like, oh, I have to go record this podcast, but I get to go record this podcast. Mm-hmm. I get to go do this shoot. And like, I think having There's also a, gra- a gratefulness like to yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Gratitude. And just gratitude like, is just the ultimate. We're funny because <laughs> we both had recorded a podcast before this. And I'm not going to lie, after the last one, I was like, oh my God, I have to do that all over again. That's a lot. But then like I saw your shining bright energy face <laughs> and I was like, this, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. But then we also were like, this is our job. Like yeah, this is so it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing opportunity and really changing perspective on things. But it's it's also like you can't lie to yourself. Really mean it when you're like, you know what? You couldn't get up for the gym today because you worked your ass off last week and your body needs a rest. Yeah. And 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 not – I used to guilt myself so badly for things like that. Guilt like and missing. shame are the two worst the two worst emotions. And, and, and they're, they're everywhere. They're yep. everywhere about everything. It's mm-hmm. like I didn't get my work done because I felt guilty because I had to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't go to the gym and yep. now I feel guilty because I didn't go to the gym. I didn't work out and mm-hmm. I – worked instead or I spent time with my significant other I went on a date or I played with my dog mm-hmm. it's like everything you can yeah that. you could put guilt and shame onto anything anything and so it's like stop feeling terrible stop making yourself feel terrible about being a fucking human yeah and embrace that like you woke up this morning and you're living your life and I know that's so simple but I just I try to like it's like meditation people meditate to just feel yourself breathing in and out and being like wow look at this human that I am who's like functioning and existing yeah I was I was working out this morning and I was biking and I was like listening to the instructor I was on a peloton bike so she was like talking Mm -hmm. and she was like isn't it an amazing thing that you you have a body that works and that you get to do this. And I was just like, that is amazing. Yeah. And so many people don't have that. And not to get all like preachy and, and mm-hmm. like, you know, in my own head about it. But I was just like, yeah, that is like a perspective shift. Like, have you ever been sick and not been able to like work out or You do could something? even just you're like, like have, when, the, when you have the sniffles, you're yeah. like, I am grateful for any moment that I didn't have this fucking annoying sniffle. I would love to breathe. <laughs> I would love and, but then when you are breathing, you just take it for granted again. But it's it's true. There, it's all perspective of stuff. I, I've said it on the podcast before, but my career started to get momentum once I, I got out of a depression from a bad breakup. And literally what I do is whenever I get, you know, in my own head about, well, this didn't work out. Why did I do that? And I feel bad about that. I go, I am so happy that I feel like myself mm-hmm. and I'm not depressed. Yeah. Because that is all I want. I, I'm going to admit I'm a little scared of ever like falling back into that depression. It was a scary place. Is that, does that make you afraid of love? Maybe. I think since that bad relationship, I haven't found someone yet. I think I put a bunch of walls up sure. that I haven't worked out because sometimes putting someone that close to you who isn't healthy for you is like putting in like a new roommate you found on Craigslist and you're like, I hope they're good. And then they're in your head and they're affecting how your your head functions yeah and I think the the beautiful thing is and I haven't really found this until my current relationship is that um sometimes that voice like can be really negative and ruin your fucking life and then sometimes not it it comes in and it's just like net even it's just like okay this person doesn't really affect me and then when it's kind of the right person they come in and they so change the way your your brain works and they change the definitions of 
of love and trust and vulnerability and all those things. Mm -hmm. And you go, wow, that was so worth the risk. That was so worth it. This has made me, I'm in a net positive, you know, rather than just, you know, existing with a person or having a person suck your fucking energy. Yeah. It just takes a minute to get I think there. I've been, all my jokes recently are about like how I don't know if I actually like a guy. Yeah. I'm like, is he just tall? Is he wearing a backwards hat? Like, do I actually like this guy? Does he just smell like fresh laundry? Like, do I actually <laughs> like him? And it's because I'm, I think with the right guy I'll know, but I've been dealing with a lot of guys that I'm like, I could project stuff onto you and really like you. Yeah. So I'm just kind of focusing on myself right now, but it's been... Like, I think that's where true happiness lies is when I, because I've been in a back-to-back relationship since I've been 20. Wow. Like, I'm one of those constant monogamous people because I love connecting See, with I people. See, I never was the, that person. So, well, 20, I never was with anyone because I was so focused on tennis. And 20 years old, I was like, I'm going to boyfriend. And then it was back to back to back to back until now. You were serious about those boyfriends. I thought that they would make me happy. Mm. And they didn't. I was like, give us, give us the truth. Okay, no? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think they can add to your happiness depending on who they are, but a lot of times... They can distract me from my own shit yep. that ultimately will just like whatever... This is a bad metaphor, but there's a better <laughs> one that I'm not thinking of. Seaweed in a ocean. It will come to the top. What is the... What am I talking about? Come to the surface. You know It'll what? Surface. Here's the thing. It'll surface. Here's the thing. I find that relationships and the right kind of people... Like, relationships bring all of our shit to the surface. Yeah, they're like, mirrors. No matter what... It brings shit to the surface. But the difference between a good and a bad relationship, I feel like a bad relationship is like a magnifying mirror. Yes. It like amplifies And it's the never bad about the dude. It no. was like my relationship with my parents totally. and like how I speak to myself. Or it can be the dude, but it's like how your shit interacts. It's just like not good. It's a magnifying yes. mirror. Yes. But then your triggers. A great relationship. Yes, they st- it still brings all those things to the top. Mm-hmm. But then you have someone that you that's worthy of dealing with your shit, and that yes. actually help, it, it makes you want yeah. Your to shit move doesn't go it. away, but no. you're you're working on it in a functioning way. And also, you have someone that is also working on their shit. Hopefully. I would argue everyone out there get in a toxic relationship <laughs> just once, because I had to deal with so much <laughs> of my shit I would have never faced. Okay, don't get into it, but if you are in one, change your perspective and be like, "Holy shit, this is happening for a reason." Because I'm talk about patterns like I go for guys who are unavailable Mm. that I want to win over through to show myself that I'm worthy through my like accomplishments and shit um so I'm currently still dealing with that same kind of guy but now at least I'm self-aware like now I'm like oh I found another emotionally unavailable guy where before I was just like he has nice eyes so Mm. I'm at like the self-aware point and I think the next step is me actually finding someone who isn't do you think you're emotionally unavailable yeah, <laughs> you're good. So you you're like good. yourself, at yeah. least. I think I'm emotionally unavailable. I'm very focused on my career, and I'm very focused on myself. Yeah. I think that's also, though, I do think like attracts like. Yeah. And I do think we put out the energy that we receive. Yeah. And so it's not surprising to me that you're attracted or attracting Mm -hmm. emotionally unavailable people if you feel emotionally unavailable and when that changes I'm not saying it should change but when it does I think that will change too yeah I'm in this funny place where I'm like talking to this guy who's emotionally physically spiritually unavailable um (laughs) but we like can't stop hanging out with each other Uh like we're obsessed with each other and people like why are you doing this to yourself it's wasting your time and I'm like no because I don't want to date him either 
Yeah. But we're like having so much fun in this limbo with no pressure. Like he's so not over his ex-girlfriend, but he still like loves me for whatever I'm bringing to the mm. table right now. But I know that he's like still fucked up from her, which I don't want to get involved in. But I also don't want to be hitting off with a guy and a guy be like, so what are we? Like, right. I want a fucking reality TV show. It's a lot to have to be like, oh, you want to get involved in my life? Are you ready to film if the show gets renewed in a couple months? Do you believe that someone wouldn't want to do that for you? Yeah, I do believe that could happen. Because, um, like, it could affect their life in a negative way. Sure. I just, there's so many moving pieces to me right now that I'm like, but I do think the right guy, it'll be seamless. Here's the thing. I kept my relationships pretty much off of Instagram for the last, I've been, I started my Instagram account in 2015. Mm-hmm. So for the last four years... I largely kept my relationships offline because I was so afraid that they would fail and I would be embarrassed um, if yeah. we broke up. I kept it offline because I was Because you know inevitably they're, they're not going to work out. <laughs> but, but also even people that I was like, hmm, this could be something. Like I, I realized though it wasn't because I didn't think, I didn't want to fail in front of everybody. It was that um, I wasn't confident enough to put my my heart out there and allow people the ability to judge me if it didn't work out. Or I didn't want to set myself up there for the rejection of having telling a guy, I want to put you on blast on Instagram and have him say, no, I don't want to be like, quote unquote, seen with you in that way. So what's been interesting, this is like really the first relationship that I was like, from the beginning, I'm going to share this person. I Why? mean, I shared our third date on Instagram. I put a picture of him up on our, on our third date. And it wasn't because I had any assurance or have any assurance that this will be the one, this will work out. Cause we don't have, you don't that. actually know. Nobody knows that mm-hmm. you could be married for 70 years mm-hmm. and not be quite sure if this will be the person you end up with forever. <laughs> True. I mean, good possibility. Cause or one of you <laughs> dies first, one of, the, one of the two, but I'm just saying like, I didn't know, but I think the thing I that switched in me was the thing of, fuck it. If I fail in front of people, if this breaks down, at least there will be connection to others and people will have been along for the journey. I won't be hiding part of my life. I won't be sectioning off part of my life. So even if it's not something you share online or share on the podcast or whatever, you know, someone is going to want to be along for the ride and is going to be okay with, the fallout if it happens or being on TV if it happens or if they're private, you'll figure it out. But mm-hmm. to me, that was a, what I realized it was more of a hurdle for me than the person. Mm. And whenever I kind of was talking to Craig about my boyfriend now, I was like, is that, how do you feel about like public, you know, you, you, you're going to be in public. Like, how do you feel about that? And he was like, I don't care. And I was like, you don't, you know, and that was such a shock to me. And I realized I was just, worried about someone not wanting to go along with me on the ride that I'm on. And that was a huge And that was your own insecurity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with the other person. It had nothing to do with any of the people that I dated. Mm-hmm. It's that I didn't trust that someone would want to ride with me. Mm. And so getting over that and just asking someone, will you ride with me? Even though that's oh, the that scariest metaphor. fucking shit. Ride or die. Where's your ride or die yeah, out there? This is like there. a Nelly song. <laughs> ride with me. Can we get the copyright to that? <laughs> I would. I almost. I literally almost just started rapping, and <laughs> I'm really into glad a rap. I didn't. 
I'm so thankful that I have the internal. I wish you did because it would have been my ringtone going forward, even though I don't have a ringtone. Make this my the, the, the podcast opening for now. Us kind of weirdly singing Ride With Me by Nelly. I just am in love with Nelly and I'm so happy you referenced oh him. Oh my God, that Band-Aid. So currently, what is your biggest physical insecurity? Um, huh. My roots? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, I think with aging... I talk a lot about like self-love and acceptance and you're also amazing at skincare. Oh, Let me I just throw that skin. out there. Love skincare. Yeah. Love makeup, love skincare, love beauty. I've, I've been like obsessed with beauty yeah. since I was like five years old. Um, how much of skincare do you think is bullshit? I think you do not need to spend a lot of, I don't think you have to spend a lot of money on skincare for mm-hmm. it to work. Mm-hmm. I think you, if, if you have the money, those products are not, they're not bad. They're good. Yeah. But, but the fallacy is that you have to spend a lot of money for it to be good. Okay. And I don't think, I think there's, there's great stuff at all price points. But one thing I really struggle with talking about, and I've just talked about it recently on my channel is like Botox. Mm-hmm. Like where's the balance between doing things to yourself and loving yourself. Yep. And we had actually someone write in on my podcast about um, wanting to get a breast reduction. Mm -hmm. And it was, yes, it was for aesthetics. It's also for like some health stuff. Mm -hmm. But where is the line between change and love? Yep. And so I think about that all the time. And so like I get Botox on my forehead. I've been doing it. I didn't do it until I was in my 30s. But it's hard. That's like one thing that's hard for me to manage. Like. I do love myself without mm-hmm. Botox, aging, all of that, but I'm in a young industry. I also like how I look better with Botox. And so I go back and forth of just keeping myself in check of like, am I still in love with myself? Am I still appreciative of how I look without anything? Like, yeah. can I, can I be okay with that? If you weren't in the industry you're in, like if you were director of marketing at that job right now, do you think you'd be getting Botox? I think I would just because I feel in my heart and soul, I feel 25 and mm-hmm. I'm 34. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't look 34 at all. Thank you. You actually do look 24. <laughs> I would love to look 24. Um, that's my vain self-talking. But, but, you know, I think we all have like little things and we get over them. I don't really have any like major body stuff mm-hmm. right now. But yeah, like aging is just You're like, hard. today I don't have any body stuff. But, but like maybe tomorrow, <laughs> let's check in. I mean, here's the thing though. I always tell people... Because people are like, oh, you're part of the body positive movement. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm part of the body confidence and body neutrality movement, yeah. which is more about, because I think it's, I think it's bullshit to tell people to love their bodies all the yeah. time. To be, to be positive about your body all the time is impossible. And then it sets us up for this bullshit shame cycle yep. of feeling bad. You have shame on shame then. I feel shameful that I don't love my body. You feel shame on shame. Yeah. It's, it's like double shame. Ugh. It's shit. Shame so, squared. And so I think with body confidence or body neutrality, you wake up in the morning and you say, I may feel bad about my body. I may feel good about my body. Mm-hmm. Either way, I'm trying to think less about my body. Mm-hmm. It's, it's taking the yeah. focus away from thinking about it more. And I think you can do that. If you're, if you're listening and you are like, I really struggle with like body positivity or I really struggle about my body or whatever. Do things in your life that elevate other parts of your life because and not not because it makes up for your body not being perfect what it does is it your brain only has the capacity to think about so many things yep 
You only have so much energy in your day. You only have so much brain space. So if you fill yourself up with shit that makes you feel good, that makes you feel confident, that makes you feel whole, whether that's something you're doing at work, a hobby, if you're doing fucking pottery at night, whatever it is. That sounds fun. Pottery is amazing. Um, (laughs) But it will inevitably take up some of that brain space of obsessing over how you look. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is on It's really an OCD anxious thing. Totally. And when you wake up and you look in the mirror and you don't like your body that day, or there's something you're picking apart, be like, all right, I feel this way today. Moving on. What you're saying is so on point because when I was a teenager, I had like an eating disorder for two years because pretty much every girl I think has. I was like, kind of a combination of anorexic and working out too much because I was like trying to become a professional tennis player and felt really out of control but um I went to I changed my environment and I went home I did some therapy the way I knew that I was done that I'd recovered from my eating disorder fully was that I just wasn't thinking about food anymore yeah it's not like oh now I'm thinking positively about food or like oh now I'm making healthier no I it literally wasn't I I woke up it's like after a breakup to get over a guy you know you're over him not when you're like oh I'm I'm not mad at him or oh I'm not jealous no it's because you wake up and you don't think about him anymore it doesn't doesn't cross your mind it doesn't cross your mind so the day you wake up and like you look in the mirror and you're not like oh I wish I look like this and instead you're like oh I look good for my meeting yeah or like oh I don't like that color on me that's yeah. how or you're like, what am I going to, what am I going to do today? And obviously if you're thinking, don't think about something, you're going to think about it. But like, that's just how you know that you solve something is when it's not an issue anymore. Yeah. And the thing is, is if it, if you do think about it, let it pass. Yep. It's, it's. Yeah. Don't, then don't be mad that you thought about yeah, it. <laughs> it's fine. And that's why I think about like the confidence aspect rather than like love or positivity or, or, you know, whatever, because it's like. you're a human being Mm -hmm. you're gonna have a negative thought cross your mind Mm -hmm. it's just a normal part of living and breathing and so why would you beat yourself up for that I also think like think about like how you think about food Mm -hmm. so if you have a healthy association with food let's say a slice of pizza right Mm -hmm. there are some people that would be like if they ate a piece of pizza they'd be like fuck, I ate the pizza, I'm, I'm beating myself up for eating this, it's bad for me, like, I need to go work out tomorrow, like, I'm I gotta, myself. yeah, I'm punishing myself for this, and there's certain other people that are, like, idolize it, they're idolizing food, they're, they're obsessed yeah. with food, it's they're like, like, when is my next pizza, yes, I need more pizza, it, that wasn't enough, it becomes a drug, and so, like, the, the, the place, I think, that I'm always striving to get to, and I hope I'm, I'm, you know, getting to that place, is eat the pizza, and then you don't think about it again. You don't think about needing more. Mm-hmm. You don't think about how shitty it was that you ate it. Mm-hmm. It literally just leaves your brain. But then it's like, okay, I'm not thinking about food. Then what else is my brain thinking about? Because I have I have obsessive thoughts. Right. I get into like sure. loops and stuff. So it's like, okay, I'm not thinking about food. Now I'm obsessing about some guy because I want to think about this guy so I don't have to think. But it's like you got to get to the root of what you're distracting yourself from. Mm-hmm. And it's scary. But oh, yeah. like, you got to get there. So isn't therapy just so fun? We I love this has turned into a pure therapy session. I have it's already been an hour, which is insane because it felt like fifteen minutes, but (laughs) it's insane. Um, we both love talking. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you one question before I get to our final game, but it's just as someone who I think kills it on Instagram. How do you think Shanae Alexander is different than the Shanae on Instagram? I actually think. It's not that different, which I've actually been very purposeful about. 
because I want people, because I, I meet so many people in real life. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I have always found important. And the only reason I ever wanted to continue this and do this as a job, because I didn't have to do this as a job. No. I owned an event planning company, like between being a marketing director and now. So I was doing that and successful. The only reason that I wanted to continue to do this was um, because I never saw myself on the internet. I never saw who I needed to see. I, I never saw the kind of like quirky girl that was like outspoken, but also like shared her shit moments. Mm-hmm. I, I never saw someone my age doing social media. Mm-hmm. I, or if they were, they were hiding it. Yeah. Um, I never saw someone that was interested in a lot of different things, not just like what kind of shoes that you were wearing. Um, I needed to show up for myself. And I think, you know, part of that was, okay, if I'm going to do this, you need to make a fucking agreement with yourself that Instagram, Shanae, is the same as personal life, Shanae. And you share the good stuff and you share the shitty stuff. That's why, like, I don't use filters on my Instagram stories. I Not that, it, not that it's bad if you do. I just don't because I'm like, I, if it is, like, this morning I, I filmed myself, I looked like a blowfish mm-hmm. in the face because I'd just woken up. And mm-hmm. I was like, but this is what I look like. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is most people look like that. Mm-hmm. When they wake up, it's fine. I don't need to have makeup on all the time. I don't need to perceive. And it's this also image. your perspective. Like you can obsess over, did I look good enough in that Instagram for the rest of the day? Do yeah. people think I look ugly? Or you just you shoot that and you go, that was me, and then worry about your other shit. Yeah, and I also I'm like, I don't do a lot of takes. I don't. I take mm-hmm. three or four photos, and then I'm like, well, it's gotta be. What's one of these. your rule with like editing and Facetune? No. I mean, I, like, make it lighter and things like that. Not make my skin lighter. Mm-hmm. This, is not, this is not a weird, like, skin-lightening Michael Jackson moment. No, but, like, like I'll... you'll I'll, brighten like, it. Yeah, I'll brighten the photo or add a filter. Because a lot of, of girls at your Instagram level are professional Photoshoppers. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it. well, it's sometimes very obvious. It's, it is it's My very thing obvious is I want, when I meet people in real life, and mm-hmm. I have a ton of meetups and do events and meet people a lot... I want there to be no wall, yep. physical, personality-wise. Mm-hmm. I want it to be like I'm stepping off a screen and they know exactly who I am. They know exactly what to expect. And the best compliment I ever get is people that have never met me before go, you're exactly what I thought you'd be like. I would argue that you're better offline, oh, which I you. actually don't say much about influencers. I don't have a lot of influencers on this podcast. Yeah, I, I that. I would argue that I don't think a lot of them could handle... like. I just asked you, do you edit your photos? And that wouldn't have gone well with a lot of influencers. Well, I think most people I mean, would I'd, have I'd said get, no. But maybe they said no, know. or they'd say yes, and then I'd go into why, and like they would give me answers that I just, like I'd be like, you'd have to do some more work on yourself, I yeah. think. I just feel like I don't edit my photos because I don't want to hate myself in real life. Totally. Do you and get it that? it does like, start fucking with your head. It does fuck with your head. If I, I've seen my friend has been like, oh my God, you have to Facetune that. And she's Facetuned it. And I look like a cartoon version of myself. Yeah. And then to have people like liking it or thinking, comparing themselves to that, it really disturbs me. Um, it's the most fucked up thing in our society right now. And it's been happening for, you and know, since I, the beginning of time with like photoshopping and magazines and stuff like that. But yeah. Re- and now people can do it to them. It's really fucked up and sick. Well, it, it really will. It, it, as much as you're fooling people, you know, out in the world. You're not fooling yourself. No, and you have to, you know, you have to live with that. I remember I was on an influencer trip, which, you know, 
they're always a mixed bag. I've had mostly great experiences, actually. You, you, I think you meet some cool people sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and I, I really have met so many cool people through Instagram and some of my best friends. But mm-hmm. I remember I was on an influencer trip, and I was just doing a, like a pan around the room on my uh, Instagram story. I was just mm-hmm. like, literally, like, it would have been, if I was passing you by, it would have been, you would have been on camera for maybe two seconds. Yeah. And a girl ran up to me. She's like, wait, 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 don't post that. <laughs> and I was like, What? And she's like, uh, are you going to like do anything to it? Or I'm like, it's a video. I don't know. Like, what do you mean? She's like, mm, I just really don't feel like com- I don't feel comfortable because I really edit my photos and I don't like to be like, and I was just like, what oh the fuck? It was two seconds and there were 30 people in the room. Like no one's going to care that it's you. I'm not tagging you in this. Yeah. Like it was so, it, w- it was just the crux of, wow, this is where we're at. Mm-hmm. Same person was like, photoshopping their like underarms but it's a lot of people like I, maybe because they don't want to deal with their own shit they're so in that instagram world that like i'll meet some influencers in real life and like there's no like positivity or or energy or like what they try to give off on instagram and they just seem like they're not present with right. you and it's like that's why i think you're one of those people that when i met you in person i was like oh she's so much more multifaceted than just this girl on instagram which yeah. i think isn't that the goal is to, you I can much never rather be, be you can never, be, yeah, you can never be better on a thing of just photos and captions. It's insane that some people are actually better on that than who they are. I think that's more common. Yeah. You know, and because it's so curated, but I don't want, I, we were talking about this earlier. Like I don't want curated people in my life. I want people who are raw. I want people who are messy. I want people who make mistakes. Yeah. Cause it makes, it makes you feel like you belong in the room with them yeah and like I that's what Instagram is for me it's a place it's a small community I don't focus on growing my community mm-hmm. if it grows naturally that's fine I don't that's very cool do anything like I don't do those like loop giveaway things mm-hmm. or I've never bought followers I've never mm-hmm. done anything to increase my social value other than like you know doing things I want to do like coming on people's podcasts and mm-hmm. things like that but I want this space on the internet for people to be able to come in and like you know that feeling of unbuttoning your pants after a big meal? Mm-hmm. I want people to come to my, my platform and go, I feel like I can unbutton my pants. I love that. Like, I just, um, just want to unbutton my pants. I love that so much. And just, like, let myself be. And that's, that is the visual representation of what I hope I'm creating and can create. Especially with high waisted jeans that oh, are in, man. taking God. off. Oh, it feels oh. so good. Oh, Just let that unbutt- gut hang out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Jesus. we all have it. It's oh, it's Shh. the best feeling. I want to end with a final game. Okay, You're doing amazing. Do I'm feeling all this is. I just feel like I should Venmo you for a therapy session after this. <laughs> it's been very inspirational. Seven deadly sins. What are you greedy about? Candles. I'm a basic bitch and I love candles from Home Goods. I have at least 30 on backstock in my house at all times. <laughs> oh my God, I just did a tweet. You would love it. I, I referenced my tweets a lot. Um, <laughs> it was like, I want so many candles in my apartment. It looks like I'm like sacrificing a body oh or it's let's a yoga a seance, studio. Bitch. Yeah, let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> I need some candles up in here. Dude, let's go to Home Goods. Is that like your. I go to Paramus, New Jersey, Home Goods. Shout you out. go all the way to New Jersey? Oh, I... Oh, Just for bitch. the candle game? No, you make it a day. <laughs> you might go to Target if you have time. 
I go to usually two Home Goods. How did you figure out there was a place in New Jersey you should go in the first place? Because I love Home Goods and the ones in Manhattan. Have you ever been to like a Marshalls or TJ Maxx? It's not in the same. People are like clonking people's eyes out. You yeah. don't want to go there. They don't no. want good stuff. The, the suburbs are where it's at. People are fucking yeah. civilized yeah. there. Yeah, you're right. Oof. What's your favorite like flavor of candles? You know what? Flavors. I usually do like <laughs> I, eat I my do candles. I do seasonal, which makes me like ultra basic. Yeah. But like in all of life, I would never put like an apple spice shit in my life Mm -hmm. except like fall Mm. then I do pine for winter I do pine balsam fir moment (laughs) and the rest of the year it's like Santal it's very sophisticated but fall and winter I go hard in the paint of like basic would you ever come up with a custom candle like for your followers I think I want to do a candle for burning in hell like my first merch I don't know I want to make a custom I mean you have to make burning in hell lighters yeah, yeah, Hello. I do. I like don't have merch yet. You guys, if you think I, I should either. make a candle, DM me. Um, <laughs> I'm like, how do people contact you me? You just have a bunch of DMs Hit saying, make, make a candle. candle. <laughs> You're like, wow, this was less like. productive. I love it because my mom would never let me have candles because she was convinced that I would burn the house down, which was a valid um, fear. Who are you envious of? I'm envious. There's only one person I have mm-hmm. an Instagram girl crush on that I'm a little envious of because mm-hmm. she always is like so like cute. Um, do you know who Taylor Lachey is? No. She's this like girl. She's actually from Texas. Everyone thinks she's French. She lives in Paris, but she's like just like has really cute hair and you know she's one of those people that just can her. be like <laughs> and, and look cute. And her last name Lachey just Lachey. sounds like how yeah. how's it spelled? L A capital S. H-A-E, Taylor Lachey. Yeah, look her up. Oh, wow. Yeah, I like her hat. I know. She looks European. She can wear a bowler hat and not look like a fucking Humpty Dumpty. And she has Pretty the Eiffel good. Tower in the background. Yeah. That's what people very, think. Very, very cute. She's I'll like, she's her. not like inspirational or anything like in her captions, but like she's like a person I'm cool. like, I'm like, you just look cool. And yeah. I met her and she's really super nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. You got to meet her. Yeah. Um, Usually don't meet your heroes, but <laughs> in this situation, it was fine. <laughs> What are you gluttonous about besides uh, candles? <laughs> I'm from Texas, so um, queso I take oh, really seriously. I was I just went. I, one of my best friends is from Arkansas, so you know Texarkana. Okay. Yep. They um the white queso dip is something that you do not find in New York City, mm-hmm. which is incredible because New York City has every damn thing, but it doesn't have the white queso dip, which is I that non-Mexican that restaurants yes. have queso dip yep. down in the south. I can mainline queso. It's fine. It's like, but I'm really picky about it. A lot of people in New York try to make it fancy. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need provolone in this. Yeah. What is that? Do you ever do the, what is it, row? Okay, it's Rotel, a can of Rotel, Rotel. and a whole block of Velveeta. Yeah. Yes, obviously. And then do you ever put beef in it? Mm, you can. You're, you're fucking with the original recipe, but I would go chorizo. I but. was so in love with it that my friend's mom... And before I went to the airport, gave me a frozen thing of queso. And that's good because it's a solid. Well, I get to the place. This is like one of my most traumatic experiences. And they say, sorry, you can't take this queso. It's liquid. I guess they knew it was queso, which is the most southern thing ever. And I was like, it's frozen. It's a solid. They go, no, it's a liquid. And we got in a huge altercation. You know they ate it. I lost it. They ate it. They They totally ate it. I mean, honestly... The TSA probably has like the best skincare collection. I know. They have the best skincare. They have all the perfumes. They have like, they don't ever need to shop. And hydrated for days. Water for days. And you know the ones in LAX just steal all that weed. Oh, for sure. (laughs) They're like, I smell weed. And it's like, it's you, sir. You you smell like weed. The TSA agent's like. (laughs) 
Um, when was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? Wrath. Are you an angry person? Um, mm, yes. Um, actually, it was the other night. It was at my boyfriend. Poor baby. Um, <laughs> I'm an only I child. I murdered him. <laughs> I killed him. I don't have a boyfriend anymore. No, um, I um, am an only child. So I am very, like, careful about my things. Mm-hmm. And I just bought a car. He was driving. We had just done a six-hour drive. It was a long day. And he's about to drive between, like, a parked car and this, like, truck that's, like, loading shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's too, too close. And then the guy gets out of the car and was like, just come through. And he risked it, even though I said I didn't want him to. Mm-hmm. I was, I blew up. I was like, you didn't respect me. You didn't respect my opinion. This is just like you. It's two men telling a woman that her opinions are valid. And he was like, well, we made it through. I was like, no, it's about respect. And then you didn't talk to him for six days. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't want to talk to you anymore tonight. And then... Later we made up and it was fine, but I was like really angry about it, and it was just like I think it's yeah you didn't feel like you respected your feelings. In my opinion, I was like I was like I feel nervous about this, and you didn't respect that, and it became a whole bigger conversation. And that's he I does respect like, my feelings most of the time, so this was like a very one-off thing. Yeah, but it was I got real heated. I'd be like, bitch, you you break it, you pay for Could've it. Could have also been because I was a little hungry, a little tired. A little dehydrated. Maybe some hormones in there. <laughs> Honestly, hunger is the root of a lot of my fights. Totally. When, <laughs> do you just need sneakers? Um, when was the last time you were a sloth? Because you're all over the fucking place. It was almost impossible to get you for one hour today. You know what? Um, we just got a Nintendo Switch. Oh. And the day that I got it, I was alone at home and mm-hmm. I had a bunch of work to do. I was like, let me just open this up, see how it works. I played Mario Kart. <laughs> Nobody knows this, not even my boyfriend. I played Mario Kart for three hours straight. Oh my God. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I am a 15 year old boy right now. And it was so fun. We all have a 15 year old boy. Um, and people, were, to people us. were like texting me, and I was just like, oh, uh, I'll like get back to you in a minute. I'm you just start like, lying. You're a full on addict. Yeah. I'm like, what is. I was like, I literally You're like, had to sorry, put it I'm away. getting in the elevator. <laughs> yeah, uh, gotta go. No, I had to put it away, and I was like, you've got to step away from this TV because it's too much. It's too much. I was like, can I bring this Nintendo Switch on the train? And I was like, I cannot be one of those people that plays video games on the train. <gasps> you know it's bad when you feel guilty doing it in public. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's when you know you have a problem. Um, this is a tough one. When was the last time you let your pride get in the way of something? Um... I've actually said no to a bunch of jobs recently. Um, and it was because, like, I didn't like how they were going about it. And so I lost out on money. But I don't think necessarily letting your pride get like in the way. Was it, like, good, good money? It was good, good money. But my, like, I want to be authentic. I want to be on the right side of this got in the way. But I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I think pride can be not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But kind of like the pride I take in my work. You know, yeah. it surpassed like my want and desire to make money. So. I've started dealing with that too, where a lot of these brands, like they don't actually understand you and they don't realize that like, you know, your audience. Yeah. And like, I'm, my page is all about like trying to make my friends laugh. So when a brand, I'll like send a creative idea to them. Cause I'm like you, I come from a marketing yeah. background as well. And they're like, yeah, can you just do a photo holding it? And I'm like, the, the engagement will be shit. It's not something I would ever do. Or I'll do it with, like, a really funny caption, and they'll be like, that caption's, like, kind of inappropriate. Or, like, we need to tone it down. We need to, Yeah, and it's like, and at some point, 
I'd rather not do it. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Having the pride in what you do, I don't think necessarily, even though if you miss up on opportunities, like mm-hmm. I never feel like it's missed. Yeah. I'm like, that just wasn't my opportunity. Yeah. And I also would say like, I don't work with anyone I don't believe in. Totally. Um, But then if sometimes I believed in stuff, but they're just so like not on brand with who my voice and who I am. And I know there's brands out there that will be totally in line with me yep. and like want me to be funny, want me to be outgoing, want me to be a certain way. So... So fuck them. And I think it's more money in the long run. Totally. Probably. And also a trusted audience. Yes. Um, when was the last time you lusted over someone? Over someone? This is going to be the worst, cheesiest answer. <laughs> it really is. But Mario and Mario Kart? <laughs> <laughs> Luigi got me going. No, I think, I mean, I would say, like, I, my boyfriend and I were texting today, and I was just like, I, like, can't wait to see you. And he was like, I know I have butterflies to see you. How long have you been dating? Nine months. Disgusting. And so, like, I know it's, like, cheesy. And I would have, if, like, nine months ago, I would have been rolling my eyes at myself so hard. But it it is, like, when you find someone that, like, stirs you, like, sexually, romantically, intellectually. You know, I I do lust after him. It's awesome. And it it makes me happy because, like, I have guys who, like... I stopped lusting. I stopped lusting after after three months, and I think it's because I understand them emotionally, right. and then I, it's just physical, and I, and because I'm not attracted to them emotionally, and yeah. then you, the next thing you know, you're not attracted to them physically. And next thing you know, I you're think like for women especially like that. You, I've heard so much like on the subway group, and like oh, I got bored with him. Is the guy necessarily boring? No, but is he probably not stimulating you on like I have guys who I've hit it off so much emotionally, but then he like. I don't like how he kisses yeah. and I just can't mm-hmm. do it. Yep. And I think it's important that we don't settle. No. And I think, um, I mean, I was like my whole life, I kind of beat myself up because I'm like, I feel like I'm waiting for something. I feel like I'm waiting for something. Mm-hmm. I don't want to settle. Like this person doesn't make me happy. And mm-hmm. I would kind of move through people pretty quickly. And at one point I was like, is it just, am I just fucked up? Mm-hmm. Like, do I have too high of standards or expectations for something? Like, Am I choosing to be alone? Yeah. Because I like can't get, you know, I can't get my head around, you know, dating someone I'm not fully attracted to, whether that be like mentally or emotionally or physically. Like, am I just being a butthole? <laughs> and what I realized is like when it happens and it's checking the boxes and not saying that we don't have issues and we don't have our own shit, because we definitely do. And mm-hmm. I mean, hello, let's rewind to the car parking story. <laughs> but when someone, when you've waited so long and you didn't think it existed, and then you find someone that hits those points, like that is like worthy of your lust. Do you know what I would love? I do feel like people who post certain posts about their relationships are very obviously overcompensating. Totally. Like one that's constantly just like cute, 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 cute. Um, like we're so happy, we're so happy. I would love an Instagram of a couple just showing the bad parts of a relationship, of a happy relationship and right. being like you in the car taking a selfie with him and being like, I just yelled at him for not listening to me. Yeah. Or like being a morning photo being like, he kept me up all night because he has a cold and he was snoring and I want to kill him right now. Yeah. Like show him those sides that literally no one talks about and that would be fascinating to me. Yeah, I've tried to talk about like a few of our issues and things that we've struggled with on Instagram. Of course, there's some happy stuff too, but mm-hmm. but I yeah. like your happy stuff because it is intertwined with other stuff that isn't always in your face. Like, this person is my person. And then that's just it. Right. Like, right. yours is multifaceted. It's, to me, it's really important to do that. Not just, like, showing up with your real body online or, mm-hmm. or with something real to say, but also showing, like, the realer side of relationships. Because 
I wrote a post the other day about how I always got told, like, in the right relationship, you guys won't fight. Like, it'll be easy. And that is just fucking not true. Yeah. Like, real relationships, good relationships, should not be easy. Mm -hmm. They're like work. It's like anything else. I mean, it's like anything else. It's just if it's worthy of the work. That's that's the definition. It's not not, two people deciding that this is worthy of my work. Yeah. And... You know, I heard, I heard someone, I asked for relationship advice on an Instagram post and someone wrote something and I wish I remembered who wrote it, but it was just a really, she didn't say anything else. She just said this one thing and it's helped me and it's helped my boyfriend so much because we, we quote this line all the time. So I'll, I'll leave you with this. She just wrote, you just can't quit on the same day. Wow. And what I loved so much about it was that it wasn't saying you're not going to fight or that things are going to be good or that you won't want to quit. It was all of those things are assumed. You will want to quit. You will fight. Things will be hard. But you just can't do it on the same day. And I think about that all the time. You know, when we're in, a, when we're in an argument or I'm going through a tough time, it's just like... That's compromise. Yeah. It's like being like... One of us needs to get their shit together right sometimes now. Sometimes you're the strong one, and sometimes I'm the strong one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're the reasonable one and the one who bends, and sometimes I'm that person. Well, relationships are not stagnant. No. Just like uh, my parents who are still together after well, 35 years, they were like, relationships are like a plant. If you don't water it, it dies. Right. To wrap this up, the final question I have for you is, what advice would you leave people with about how you cope with your hell? Accept that it will happen. Accept that life can be difficult. Accept that we all come with a set of circumstances, a history, a future, batshit, negativity in your mind. Because I think that acceptance of it, that's the first step in dealing with our own personal health, but also um, share it. With people, I think that's why this podcast is so important. You're giving space for people to share the things about them that aren't so perfect and that are messy. Um, and what that does is it makes you feel not alone. And not feeling alone is heaven. Yep. Yep. Thank you so so yes, much. Thank you, you for having me. Killed it. You are such a positive energy, and I'm so happy to have you in my life. Mm. Um, where can people follow you? First of all, you can follow me on Insta or I'm not good at Twitter like you. <laughs> I, I like, we'll have like a tweet once a month. Twitter is just for like, um, messed up comedians and politicians. Yeah. So Twitter is like my period. It comes <laughs> once a month and I do one, at, one tweet a month basically. So don't follow me there. You can follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Shanae, C-H-I-N-A-E Alexander. Um, I also have a defunct YouTube channel. So if you want to check that out, do that. <laughs> and then, um, I have a podcast where Hannah has been on my podcast. It's called Press Send. And it's an advice-based podcast where people write in with their dating questions, their work questions, their personal relationship questions, and I answer it with a really cool guest. I had so much fun that episode. Go to Press Send, subscribe, rate, review, find the one with me. It was great. It's called Orgasm Sorcerer. So Orgasm Sorcerer. You know what we're dealing with. Um, But as you can tell, (laughs) Shanae is amazing at giving advice. So a lot more where that came from. Thanks for coming to hell with me, guys. And I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye.